Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Rich. This is Straight to the Bank. As always, I am your host, Jordan Richards. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about trending or ending. And we're going to be looking at trends throughout the NFL, looking at DVP data, defense versus position for every single team in the NFL for 2022 and 2023 and comparing them. And I am going to determine whether things are trending or they are ending. Looking at some of these outlier performances through the first two weeks. Of course, it's only two weeks of data, but still, we may be able to find some trends. And so let's dive into all of this right now. So we're going to kick this off, of course, with the quarterback position, the top five teams at allowing fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks in the NFL in 2022, the Detroit Lions at number one, the Miami Dolphins at number two, the Kansas City Chiefs at three, the Tennessee Titans at four and the Minnesota Vikings at five. Now, one of the biggest surprises on this list, of course, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, generally, you need to catch up in games. And so I'm not entirely shocked to see the Chiefs be high on this list. We talked about, you know, quarterbacks that played very well against them last year. Trevor Lawrence had a great game against them. Herbert's had a couple great games against them. It's just when you're playing catch up a lot, bad things tend to happen in terms of fantasy points. And so you look at the Chiefs defense this year, they are the second most improved defense in terms of allowing fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. You look at that game against the Detroit Lions and you say, well, Jerry Goff was pretty good in that game. Well, was he? Was he that great? And you look at Trevor Lawrence, he had one of the worst performances of his career last week up against this same Chiefs defense that did have Chris Jones. And now they are down seven and a half fantasy points per game. So in the first two weeks, only allowing 12.6 fantasy points. Like I mentioned, the second largest drop in the NFL from 2022 to 2023. And really, that's largely because this defense was so young to start 2022 and really picked it up throughout the year. And that's really translated into 2023. And now this is really going to be a big piece of the Chiefs' success is their ability to keep points off the board instead of always having Mahomes bail them out at the end of games. Things didn't quite work their way in the first game, but as you recall, against Detroit, they only allowed 14 points on defense. It was that pick six that provided just enough scoring for them to ultimately get over the hump, and that's one of the biggest things. And so when you look at a team like the Chiefs and you say, wow, they've drastically improved that could be something that is a trend and not something I expect to end. Now, are they going to allow 12.6 fantasy points a game? I don't think so, because if you go back and look at 2022, that would be number one in the NFL on defense. And as I mentioned, the Kansas City Chiefs being one of the better teams in football, they're going to have they're going to allow a decent amount of points to opposing quarterbacks. Now, a few teams that are improving even though they were one of the best teams last year and why I believe that these aren't in fact trends, but still indicative of great performances, the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns. Now, both these teams have not really played great quarterbacks. Obviously, Buffalo talking about playing Zach Wilson in week one and then following that up with Jimmy Garoppolo in week two. It's no surprise that they've only allowed 9.4 fantasy points per game 
two opposing quarterbacks, but this is a team that was also in the top five last season as well, only allowing 14.4. So I think that's another trend that we can kind of draw a conclusion and say, well, maybe this actually is indicative of what we should expect from the Bills. Their offense has been a little bit hit or miss at times throughout the year. Now, obviously, week two, they look great. Week one, they looked awful, but that defense has been as advertised once again, way down in fantasy points allowed, way down in yards allowed. And as I mentioned, they haven't paid many great quarterbacks, but even still, this defense is going to remain a top five defense. I think one of the more concerning ones, and I'd be curious how people ultimately feel about this team overall. The Philadelphia Eagles were a top 10 defense in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. They were at 14.9, which was just around the New York Jets, Green Bay Packers, 49ers, Broncos was a little bit better than that. As I mentioned, the Bills were better than the Eagles. But they are literally number one in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks in 2023. Now, of course, we all remember Mac Jones's 54 attempt performance. And yes, volume will easily do that for you. But when you really think about it, losing their two coordinators has shown us two things for the Eagles. One, their pass game is really struggling right now. And we saw that both against the Minnesota Vikings, who didn't play very well against Baker Mayfield. And we've also noticed this when they play against the Patriots, who we do know is a great defense. But even still, it was more concerning to see it against a Vikings team that really isn't very strong on the back end. But what they did do was force Jalen Hurts to hand the ball off and keep the game close. And ultimately, when you look at that game and how it played out, it was actually a game plan that was somewhat successful because it did keep them in the game. It was just ultimately they couldn't make enough plays on defense and got gashed too many times in the running game. That was their undoing. But the bigger trend of how poor and how porous this Eagles defense has been on the back end, this could be a trend. You know, they lost CJ Gardner-Johnson. They lost another safety in the offseason. And this defense is playing so poorly. We look at the Chargers defense and we say, oh, yes, yeah, start your quarterbacks against them every single week. But nobody's saying that about the Eagles. And the Eagles are literally 12, po 12 fantasy points per game higher than they were last season. It's an increase of literally 80%. They were just under 15 points last year. And now they're all the way up at 27. So 12 divided by 15 is 0 0.8. Wow, go figure. Great math, Jordan. Great job. But yeah, it's just, it's something that, well, I don't think it's going to be this bad because when you start looking at the holistic landscape of the NFL and looking at last season, the Detroit Lions were dead last last year at 22 and a half points per game. And largely that was driven by the start of the season where they allowed a ton of points. But even looking back to last week, Geno Smith absolutely lit them up. So that's why their defense isn't much improved and they're still allowing 21.8 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks and why I don't believe the Detroit Lions defense is much better than it was previously because yes they played Mahomes and they played okay against Mahomes they certainly didn't play well against Geno Smith and that Seattle passing game and that was a team that really struggled week one against the Rams so that Detroit Lions defense may not be as good as advertised but talking back to this season the Eagles is a team you may want to be targeting from a quarterback standpoint because that's one of the teams that just hasn't played very, very well. And if they're going to continue to play this poorly, leaning on that running game, not really scoring a ton of points, keeping teams in games, all quarterbacks could be viable against them. I mean, you got Mac Jones lighting them up, and yes, they were behind and throwing a ton, but then you had Kirk Cousins come out, another high-end QB1 performance. You know, these quarterbacks are fine, but it's not like he's getting lit up by Tua and Tyreek Hill. They're getting lit up by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. These are just, you know, pretty solid offenses, but not anything crazy. You know, the Vikings offense is very talented, but I don't believe it's some stalwart that 
you should be fearing each and every week. I mean, they didn't play very well against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they absolutely lit up the Eagles defense. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, it's just hard to say that the Eagles aren't a team that you want to be targeting. And then of course you have the Chargers. They are second worst in terms of allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks right now. Surprisingly, the Bengals as well are not very good. You know, we're talking about Matthew Stafford being a target this week. They only allowed 14.2 points to fantasy quarterbacks last season. They're at 22.3, even though Watson is not a great quarterback throwing the ball. He had a pretty good performance against the Bengals in week one. And then against Lamar Jackson in week two, didn't have much better of a performance. Of course, the Arizona Cardinals are way up there. But one team that I think that people aren't really giving enough attention to is actually the Houston Texans. And while, of course, no one's saying you can't start a quarterback against the Texans because, of course, that's ridiculous. Last season, you really shouldn't have started a quarterback against the Texans. And it was because their running game was so abysmal Quarterbacks didn't do anything against the Texans. They didn't force them to throw the ball and they weren't in any games. And so with that being said, you had the Texans that only allowed 13.8 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks this season, all the way up at 18.2, right around middle of the pack in terms of when you're looking at last year's production and what we should expect over the course of a calendar year. That's right around the Arizona Cardinals of last season, the Jags of last season. They were about, you know, the 8 to 10, 8 to 12 range in terms of points per game allowed. And so when you're talking about a team like the Texans that has had a decent increase in terms of fantasy points allowed, part of that is driven by C.J. Stroud keeping them in games and the running game being much improved. They have dropped their rushing yards allowed per game by 66 yards, all the way down from 141 down to 75, which is right around league average, probably even a little bit above average. And that, of course, is the D'Amico Ryan's effect. But with that stout running game comes more susceptibility in the pass game. And I think you're seeing that more and more. And so I think that's a big thing to point out with this Houston Texans team is that if they're going to be more competitive and they're going to be in more games and CJ Stroud is going to make games more competitive, that means more fantasy points for opposing quarterbacks. And not necessarily you want to be fading quarterbacks against the Texans because there will be fantasy points to be had. Now, I talked about the Eagles and the Chargers. They are also allowing a ton of passing yards right now, up over 100 from last season, which is absolutely absurd. One of the biggest risers in terms of passing yards allowed to opposing quarterbacks. The Seahawks were in the top five. The Colts were in the top five. No surprise there. The Bears, of course, in the top five. The Bucks are in are at sixth right now, but you know the only teams over 100, the Chargers, 139 passing yards per game allowed. Now, of course, largely driven by Tua's week one performance, but Ryan Tannehill did play pretty good in week two. And then, of course, the Eagles, as I mentioned, 340 passing yards per game, got lit up by both Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins. Now, one of the other surprising things that I wanted to point out is actually the Minnesota Vikings not allowing too many passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. They are the most improved defense. And now part of that, of course, is driven by Jalen Hurts, only throwing for 200 yards against them. Baker didn't throw for a ton of yards against the Vikings either. And so it's interesting because everyone pointed to Rashad White's week one performance as abysmal. And then, you know, he comes back and has a great performance in week two for the Bucs. But part of it also was driven by the lack of success for Baker Mayfield. And again, this is a game where the offense struggled for Minnesota and everyone's on Brian Flores for allowing so many rushing yards in the running game. Now, again, they are allowing more yards than Houston was last season, but I don't expect that to be a trend throughout the entire year. But they are definitely giving up more on the ground to protect through the air. And I think we all know that in the NFL, you really do have to throw to win games. And we hear this more and more. The more yards you throw for, the more times you throw for, it's just a overall better chance to win. Because if you look at things like EPA 
Pretty much every run is a negative EPA, but you have to run to set up the pass, set up the play action, all these things. But when you are passing, that's when you really make your money and ultimately win games. And the Minnesota Vikings are trying their best to limit teams from passing against them. Now this week, they go up against Justin Herbert. And so this matchup to me is very intriguing because you're talking about a team like the Chargers that has a god-awful defense. My goodness, 356 passing yards per game, up from 217 a year ago. And as I mentioned, the second largest increase in fantasy points per game for this defense against quarterbacks, 24.6. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings look really good, talking about all these receivers look good, because, I mean, you just see green across the board in terms of just increasing over last season for the Chargers, whether it's wide receivers from the slot, wide receivers out wide, tight ends, like everything the running game is down a little bit in terms of what they're allowing but part of it is because they're allowing so much in the passing game and so you look at these two teams on opposite ends of the spectrum everyone's going to say oh fire up your justin herbert against this minnesota defense but what if they just allow everything on the ground and it becomes a josh kelly game and that's one of my biggest fears talking about justin herbert potentially keenan allen mike williams and going heavy after this Chargers Vikings game, I believe the total right now is 54 highest on the slate by over four or five points. I believe I know there's a 47 out there. There might be a 48, but I believe this is one of, if not the only game over 50 points and it's all the way up at 54. We could see a lot of running from the Chargers in this game. Now, Austin Eckler is not going to be playing in this game, at least right now. It's not expected he's going to be playing in this game. And so when you look at this Chargers team, there's going to be opportunities for these running backs. And especially when you compare it to the success that the Vikings have had against opposing quarterbacks who are trying to pass the ball on them, it wouldn't even make sense for Kellen Moore to try and pass the ball on this Vikings defense if they're going to openly allow teams to run the ball. So this is what's really interesting about this game is you have this high-flying, potentially very potent Vikings offense up against a god-awful Chargers defense right now, playing against a team that isn't allowing a lot through the air and also is allowing a lot on the ground. And so can the Chargers be willing to go out and play the way the Eagles did to beat them? Or do they try and pass the ball on this defense, creating more mistakes for Justin Herbert and creating opportunities and short fields for this Vikings offense, I think this game is going to be very intriguing from a lot of perspectives. You have two defenses going in opposite directions against two offenses we view as very potent, but you have to attack these defenses differently. At least the stats and the numbers we're seeing right now indicate that you want to attack the Vikings on the ground, which means Josh Kelly is very much in play, and you want to attack the Chargers through the air because that's where you're going to have the most success. And let's see if these teams and these play callers can stick to that to find success in this game that has a massive total right now, as I mentioned at 54. So I think it'll be very interesting to see if this continues because this Vikings defense, it doesn't seem great because of what happened in Philly, but if they're playing a team that isn't as good at running the ball, it may actually provide a lot of problems. And we saw that kind of in the Bucks game where they weren't able to score a ton of points. It was just the offense really let them down. But everyone's saying that Flores isn't doing a great job this may end up being the better way to play opposed to last season where all they did was allow a ton of passing yards. And yes, they played a lot of high scoring games, but we all know they got quite lucky when it came to winning a lot of one score games. And maybe this is a better situation for them because we know they can put up points, but maybe this will allow them to allow fewer points and ultimately win games that they are supposed to win instead of simply getting lucky. Now, those are kind of some of the major trends that we've seen so far. I mean, the Carolina Panthers are playing great against opposing quarterbacks, but I mean, Desmond Ritter and Derek Carr, 
Not going to write home too much about that. The Saints, as I talked about countless times on Wake Up, phenomenal defense playing great against quarterbacks. And of course, the Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately, they did lose Trayvon Diggs to a torn ACL. But that defense is still phenomenal, only allowing 140 passing yards per game. My goodness. Of course, that's not going to continue, but that is still damn impressive to only be allowing 140 passing yards per game. But sneakily, the Atlanta Falcons only allowing 148 passing yards per game. Now, of course, they did face... Bryce Young in week one and a lackluster Jordan Love in week two. But this is a defense that I've talked about that I think is much improved and they are really showing it in the passing game. And if they can continue to look good, we know this schedule is very favorable. So I wouldn't be surprised if it did ultimately continue for the Atlanta Falcons. All right, now let's get to the running back position. And as I mentioned, the worst team at the absolute top only team allowing 30 points per game to opposing running backs, the Houston Texans are one of the more improved defenses, as I mentioned, under D'Amico Ryans. The Chicago Bears, same old Bears, baby, same old Bears. 28.3 points per game in 22, 28.9 in 2023. Doesn't seem like much is changing for them, although to be fair, their yardage is down a decent amount. They were up at 122 last year, all the way down to 87 this year, but when you look at the Houston Texans, 144 all the way down to 75, which is a ridiculous 66 yard decrease, almost 50%. My goodness, what a big difference D'Amico Ryans makes for this defense. The Arizona Cardinals as well, allowing significantly less points to opposing running backs, even though they allowed a ton to Saquon Barkley in week two. They are down six points per game. One of the teams that is trending up though is the Las Vegas Raiders who were in the top five last season and I believe are number one right now. And I mean, part of that is driven by the fact they just got absolutely dismantled by the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills had two running backs that weren't even starters score touchdowns. And of course, James Cook went for 100 on the ground as well. They are allowing a god-awful 32.4 fantasy points per game to the running back position, an increase of five over last season. They're allowing more yards per game. Now, again, we'll see what if that ultimately lasts all year long. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 166 yards per game. Their points per game are up 11 points per game to opposing running backs. Yeah, 11 points per game to opposing running backs. My goodness. Nick Chubb, before he got hurt on Monday, was balling. Jerome Ford was balling. It was, everyone was balling for the damn Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it wasn't much better week one when they faced off against Christian McCaffrey and he went off against them. The Carolina Panthers, now part of that is driven by the fact they just allowed a decent amount of touchdowns against the Saints. And as well, they didn't play so well against B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier. The Green Bay Packers also allowing a pretty high 29.7 fantasy points to opposing running backs. 113 rushing yards per game in 22, 117 in 2023. So that may be a bit of a trend to some degree. The yardage is staying very similar while the points are up a little bit, probably driven mostly by touchdowns and maybe a little bit of receiving production as well. As I mentioned, the Bears just about the same in 23 and 2022. But let's talk about the teams that are drastically improving overall, one of which is the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns so far this season, and to be fair, they played the Bengals in week one, 26.3 fantasy points per game in 2022 and 15.5 in 2023. We know this Browns defense is drastically improved, and I think, you know, it's about safe to say that you do not want to play your quarterbacks, your receivers, or your running backs against this Browns defense. They are just way too talented, way too fast, way too quick. You know, it's so easy to say, don't play your players against the Jets. Don't play your players against the Cowboys because we know how great they are. 
but I feel like not everyone's caught on to the Chiefs and the Browns. I mean, the, the Chiefs alone are a great defense, as I mentioned, against quarterbacks, but they've also been better against running backs, and part of it is the pass catching. They were one of my targets last year for pass catching running backs. You start a pass catching running back against them, they usually did pretty well. This year, they've been much improved and allowed 23 fantasy points per game last season. Now, they're all the way down at 15. Now, of course, that will regress back, you know, up probably a little bit, but they are definitely an improved team and allowing the same amount of rushing yards as they allowed last year. 81 per game last year, 82 per game, but a massive decrease in points, largely driven by receiving production. The Eagles as well, much better in the run game so far to start the year. And as I mentioned, they have been way worse in the passing game and talking about that week one against the Patriots, they did not run the ball at all on the Eagles. And so part of that is the reason why the Minnesota Vikings as well didn't have a ton of success in the running game. The Baltimore Ravens are playing well on defense against the run. As I mentioned, the Atlanta Falcons with their improved interior defensive line is much better against the run. And one of the most surprising teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars have not allowed virtually anything on the ground relative to what they did last year, 23 and a half points per game now down all the way to 12.8 they've cut their rushing yards per game allowed from 83 down to 46 now i don't believe they're as good as the tennessee titans or the dallas cowboys who are also in the 40s right now but they are drastically improved and so you know you look at tennessee last season they were at 62 they're at 49 right now I mean, it's not too bad when you look at the Jags. They're at 83 last season, still a pretty solid unit in terms of defense and what they're allowing per game. You know, it's still in the top 10, but now they are looking even better in 2023 to start the year. Now, part of that was the Colts in week one. They did not do anything on the ground, but they did play the Chiefs. They have a pretty solid running game and they were able to kind of hold them at bay. You know, Jacksonville is a team that is drastically improving on defense week after week. And when you're holding a team down like the Chiefs, you're playing pretty well. And so when you look back at that Colts game, there was the defensive touchdown that made the game a little bit closer than it was. But the Jags, surprisingly, in a lot of metrics, are an improved defense. And one of those teams, you may not going to be super comfortable starting your players against, especially when it comes to running backs, because they are looking like a much better unit in 2023. The Tennessee Titans, of course, much like the Dallas Cowboys, one of the better defenses in terms of points allowed to opposing running backs. The Commanders as well last season were second in the NFL in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs and still are in the top five in 2023. You know, the San Francisco 49ers are a little bit worse, but again, they were the best defense against running backs last season. Now they're about middle of the pack. I'm sure they will be just fine. And I'm sure their stats will go up after they face Matt Burita and whoever else the Giants throw out there at running back. I doubt we see too much from them in this game. And then, of course, the Lions, surprisingly, you know, about the same, but could be a little bit better in this season, only allowing 53 yards per game on the ground. Now, that may get a little bit worse, but overall, you look at what they did to Kenneth Walker. Yes, Kenneth Walker did score two touchdowns, and that's part of the reason why the fantasy points per game are still about the same, but they did play pretty well at limiting him overall. So I wouldn't be shocked if maybe that Lions defense is a little bit better on the ground, but overall against quarterbacks and wide receivers, still not drastically improved in my opinion. So when we're talking trending or ending, we're really looking at a few different teams. Like I talked about with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they could be a potential problem. The Miami Dolphins as well, allowing a decent amount on the ground right now. Part of that is driven by week one when they allowed Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler to go absolutely insane. 
that could be a trend worth monitoring because it seems like Vic Fangio is perfectly happy allowing teams to run the ball on them and they're trying to limit in the passing game similar to what I said about Brian Flores and how his approach defense is. And then as well, New England Patriots allowing a decent amount more on the ground this season. And then as I mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals are around middle of the pack right now, but definitely could be a little bit worse than we saw last season. And then of course, in terms of improvements, as I mentioned, the Browns, the Titans are still great. The Jacksonville Jaguars are good. The Chiefs are much better. The Falcons are much better. And then we'll see about the Eagles if they can keep it up because it seems like they're just allowing a lot more in the passing game. And so that's the big concern for them. But overall, those are kind of the general trends when you're talking about last year versus this year at the running back position and kind of some of the teams you may want to target and some of the teams you may want to be avoiding in fantasy football. Now let's get to everyone's favorite position at wide receiver. I won't take a ton of time on this one because I really did cover a lot of the issues when I was discussing the quarterbacks, and that's why I talked about them a little bit more in length. But you talk about the teams that are allowing the most fantasy points relative to last season, the Chargers, the Seahawks, the Colts, the Eagles, the Tennessee Titans, which, oh my God, that is that is scary. The Tennessee Titans had to have been the worst. They were, in fact, the worst. And this season, surprisingly, they are the third worst team at allowing fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They are still not as bad as the Colts and the Chargers. Of course, the Seahawks got absolutely decimated by the Rams, and it didn't look any better when they faced off against the Lions. The Eagles, as I mentioned, have been struggling against quarterbacks and have been allowing a ton of volume mainly because they get up in games and teams have to pass to get back in it, but that has driven a lot of fantasy points. So that's where the Eagles are a bit concerning, right? You see a team that was great last year, had a great defense, and right now is struggling, could be a bit of an issue. They only allowed 129 receiving yards to opposing wide receivers last year. That is up now to over 205, an increase of 76 from 2022 to 2023. Now, of course, that may regress back down a little bit, but it's probably not going to be 129 like it was last season. This seems to be a defense that is a little bit easier to pass on and slightly more difficult to run on overall, and that's going to be their identity for the 2023 season. Now, that may change, but it certainly seems to be that's the way things are trending for the Eagles so far this year, and I tend to kind of believe it based on what we've seen through two games already. The San Francisco 49ers have been getting passed on a lot more, and part of that was driven by the first-week performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they threw the ball a billion times getting absolutely nowhere and getting completely destroyed. The Ravens have been slightly worse at the passing game in terms of allowing fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Now, of course, T. Higgins had a pretty damn good game against them last week, so it's not entirely surprising, but they were able to hold Jamar Chase down, and that is pretty good for them. But they did struggle a little bit against Houston in week one, and Stroud was able to put up some points. So it's And especially when you talk about wide receivers, Stroud has been doing great things for his wide receivers, and that will probably only continue. So the Ravens could be a team to target, but overall, they're not too bad when you look at the grand scheme of things. They are in the top 10, but not too bad at all. I think you really want to target teams like the Chargers, like the Colts, like the Titans, like the Seahawks. And I think the Eagles are a sneaky start type of play that you could be looking at. And then when we're talking about teams that are much improved this season, I mean, you have the Cowboys. We've talked about the Browns, the Carolina Panthers, much improved against the quarterback. And that also translates to wide receiver, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, who have they faced really? Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, my goodness. The Green Bay Packers, like I've talked about, even though they struggled a little bit against Esmond Ritter, they still did play pretty well against the wide receivers. Now, the overall volume, of course, 
for the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver group is not very high. And especially when you look at the tight end volume, hello, John Smith, the Falcons as well, much improved. As I mentioned, one of the defenses that I really like, they are actually right now, as it stands, the second best defense in the NFL at defending the wide receiver position. They've only allowed 90 yards per game to opposing wide receivers. The Dallas Cowboys are number one, of course, with 76. The Buffalo Bills are third at 93. The only three teams that are below 100 yards per game to opposing wide receivers. So those are defenses you definitely want to avoid. And surprisingly, the Rams are also much improved only allowing 28.8 fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, an improvement of six currently relative to what they did last season where they were pretty damn bad at allowing points wide receivers. And part of that is reflected in the yards, 160 yards allowed in 2022, and now all the way down to 113 in 2023 in the range of the Saints, the Panthers, the Packers, the Browns. I don't think many of us view the Rams defense in that light, but even against San Francisco, they did play pretty damn well against the wide receivers position. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is out wide versus the slot. So the 33rd team edge tool also has slot and wide fantasy points per game. The Dallas Cowboys are number one by a mile at defending the outside receiver 4.6 fantasy points per game. And now I don't know if that includes that Garrett Wilson touchdown or not, because maybe he was in the slot. I can't actually recall the play myself, but 4.6 fantasy points per game to out wide wide receivers. The Saints, 6.3 are number two. The Bengals, 7.2 are number three. The Giants, 7.9 are number four. The Washington Commanders, 8.2 are number five. The Houston Texans, 8.3, number six. The Falcons, as I mentioned, 8.4 are number seven. Is that where I'm at? Number seven. The Raiders are at eight. And you can go further down the list. The worst teams, though, against outside wide receivers are the Minnesota Vikings at number one, 25.2 fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. The Chargers, of course, no surprise there, are number two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Broncos, the Jaguars. Now transitioning over to the slot, we can see some of the teams that have been significantly worse against the slot this year versus last year, but also just kind of what are some teams you can exploit in the slot versus out wide. Now the Chargers and Colts, they're bad versus the slot and out wide. Now one of the teams that is improving versus out wide relative to the slot is actually the Washington Commanders. We know that they are trying to revamp their secondary right now, but they are one of the worst teams in the bottom five at allowing fantasy points to the slot. So that could be a sneaky target for you. The San Francisco 49ers are up there as well. So we know that out wide, you don't necessarily want to target them, but in the slot, they've been much worse overall. And especially when you talk about that defense, that's kind of one of the areas you can attack them is in the slot. The Seahawks are also bad against the slot. The Eagles, as I mentioned, are also bad against the slot. Um, one of the other teams that is pretty bad against the slot relative to how they are out wide is the New Orleans Saints. So they're actually allowing 5.7 fantasy points in the slot versus seven and a half points better versus outside wide receivers. So you really want to attack the Saints in the slot and not so much out wide where they are much better than they were last season, but in the slot, they are much worse. Now, teams that are much better in the slot this year, the biggest improvement, as I mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings, they allowed 23 and a half fantasy points per game to the slot wide receiver last season. They are down in the bottom three at 10.1 tied with the Dallas Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns are the number one defense at allowing points to the slot. Only six fantasy points 
that have been allowed to slot wide receivers so far. So definitely don't want to be targeting slot wide receivers against them. The Bills, as I mentioned, the Panthers, the Giants surprisingly haven't allowed it a lot, but they did play Arizona. So we'll see if that changes against the San Francisco 49ers. The Dolphins are pretty good in slot, the Falcons. But yeah, the main team that I think you want to pay attention to in terms of a trend versus outside wide receivers they are really, really bad. Minnesota is. They are one of the worst in the league right now. But against the slot, they are drastically improving. So you talk about a team like the Chargers, you would probably prefer to play a Mike Williams over a Keenan Allen, even though both guys will probably be just fine. But if you're just talking about matchups and where you want to attack them, it really is out wide and not so much in the slot. At least that's what the data is telling us right now. Now, of course, we can't get out of here without talking tight ends a little bit. But the problem with the tight end position is that there's not a lot of data to go from. They don't see a lot of volume, so it's hard to draw conclusions. The worst team in terms of improvement or getting worse against the position, surprise, surprise, the Philadelphia Eagles, who just got absolutely destroyed by TJ Hawkinson. So naturally, they are allowing 26.1 fantasy points per game to tight ends. And to be fair, though, if we're being real, Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki kind of lit them up too. So... Maybe it's a product of circumstance. Maybe they're not very good against tight ends. You know, like I mentioned, they're allowing way more yards to wide receivers, both in the slot and out wide. And then, of course, the tight end position, they've been literally the worst in football by a complete mile. The Patriots, the Browns, the Ravens, the Bills, the Vikings, Steelers, all at the top of the list. And, you know, I think the Vikings are very interesting because we talked about how good they are against the slot. And they've also been better against tight ends. So you're seeing that interior of the defense much improved, allowing a lot more outside. And so attacking them in the middle of the field is going to be more difficult for you. You want to attack them more outside. The Bills, Ravens, uh, Patriots. I mean, you don't want to attack those teams anyways. The Steelers, you don't really want to attack them inside. The Rams, they've been pretty good against tight ends as well. Then you talk about the Dolphins, who weren't so great against tight end. But I mean, part of that was a touchdown they, they allowed in week one. The Lions, again this season, not great against tight ends. The Bengals, not great against tight ends, and they just play Mark Andrews. So again, excuse me a little bit. The Raiders, not so great against tight ends. They did just a lot of touchdown to Dawson Knox. So talking about teams that you can play a tight end against, of course, at the top, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Miami Dolphins are up there, but of course, they also played the Patriots, and Hunter Henry played very well against them. So did Mike Kosicki. The Detroit Lions, who just allowed a ton of yards tight ends. I mean, it wasn't one tight end who killed them on Seattle. It was all the tight ends, very slow, death of a thousand cuts, two receptions here, three receptions here. For whatever reason, Geno Smith absolutely ate against the Lions with his tight ends. And I mean, all of them had, you know, okay games, but as a collective, they did play pretty well against the Lions. And then as well, to be honest, even the Kansas City Chiefs played pretty well and their tight ends. I mean, it wasn't Kelsey, right? And they still put up some pretty good numbers. So I can't really blame the data there because it does kind of seem like you can target your tight ends against the Lions. The Raiders, who just didn't play so well against tight ends. The Cowboys, surprisingly, are a little bit worse than they were last season, but only 10.7 fantasy points per game, which is still, you know, about league average, not anything crazy. It's really just the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Bengals, the Raiders, and surprisingly the Jaguars, but they just play Travis Kelsey. So not going to take too much stock over there. But this data really isn't very indicative of what we're going to see throughout the year. But I do believe to some degree in the trends we're seeing from the Vikings, some of the trends we're seeing from the Eagles, and then as well, the Lions aren't playing very well against tight end either. And I think that's reflected not just in the tight end numbers, but also in the quarterback and wide receiver numbers as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Straight to the Bank. As always, I am your host, Jordan Richards. You can follow me on Twitter at Rich. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed for all of the great podcasts we put out each and every single week. 
check out DestinationDevy.com because there is tons of great information for you there. And as always, good luck this week with your fantasy matchups. Make sure you tune into the Wake Up Show where we do a full week three preview for even more players to watch, data, and information beyond this podcast. And I will see you guys in the next episode. I'm out. Peace. Oh, and the Niners kicked the Giants' teeth in 30-12, and that just leaves me with one question. 